Well, how's it going? George here again, or G-Money, with another episode of Ninja on the Loose. Well, with uh, the date of this particular recording being the day before April Fool's Day, I thought I would uh, take a little bit of time and explore the tradition of pranks. Now, I'm not going to give you any history on what uh, the April Fool's prank situation is all about, because chances are when you download this particular uh, episode, uh, April 1st will have gone long gone by then. So we'll just talk about pranks in general, and I'll give you a little bit of background on what I've done uh, for April Fool's. Now, I can tell you quite honestly, I've been kind of lucky in many ways because of the careers I've had. Uh, My original career was in broadcasting, and when I worked at uh, several different radio stations, April Fool's Day was actually a lot of fun. It was a time when we would uh, come up with all sorts of really interesting pranky stories or stunts or activities that uh, drew in our listeners, and uh, we had a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there was, uh, of course, now th- these were mostly uh, localized items, so I, if I was to describe some, if you're not familiar with the uh, region I'm speaking of, uh, it won't mean anything to you, but primarily what uh, I think really helped with the pranks that we pulled Uh, particularly in my radio years, was that uh, they focused on news items, right? We made fake news before uh, fake news websites were in vogue because websites didn't exist in the 70s and early 80s when I was uh, in radio. So it was really kind of cool to actually fake a news story because at that time everyone was under the impression that uh, whatever they heard on the radio and news had to be true and so it was made for some really interesting scenarios where we were able to really uh, pull people's legs and and really you know for lack of a better term suck some people in Uh, when I ended up uh, my last radio job I was the assistant manager at a small town radio station and uh, April Fool's Day was fun for me as well because it gave me an opportunity to actually just shine if you will, trying not to sound egotistical about it, but I actually had an opportunity where I had complete control over what was happening in the pranking department on April 1st, whereas uh, when I was an employee at other radio stations, I either was part of the prank or uh, just happened to be working for the company that pulled the prank, right? So when I was the assistant uh, manager at my last job, I had actually, my last radio job, I actually had a lot more say and a lot more pull and a lot more influence in that regard. So it was a lot of fun to you know, sort of, for lack of a better term, mastermind some of the pranks. One of my favorite ones that uh, I can tell you that we pulled when I was uh, in my uh, last radio job was at the time AM stereo was still fairly new and not a lot of people were aware of it. And so I did a, a prank about our radio station being the first in the region to adopt AM stereo broadcasting, and the way to actually uh, hear it was that you had to have two radios in the room that you were in, and uh, the one to the left side of the room where you were sitting had to be tuned in to the frequency, but just a little bit off. Right, So the frequency of the radio station I worked at at the time was 1400 on the AM dial. And so I think I said something along the lines of uh, that, uh, the radio on the left-hand side had to be tuned in to about 1395. And the one on the other side uh, would have to be tuned in to about 
1405. And if you know anything about what happens when you're not properly tuned into a radio station? You get all sorts of static and noise, and it just sounds horrible. And I could not believe the number of people who got sucked in and actually phoned the radio station and said, Wow, the sound coming out of your radio station since you went AM stereo is absolutely amazing. And I think it was because what people were doing was they were listening to two radios in the same room at the right frequency, and it just sounded bigger, if that makes any sense, and I think they thought they were actually hearing AM stereo. It was a pretty good prank, and, and I got quite a bit of mileage out of that. When I uh, went into my second career, which was uh, newspaper, uh, we were kind of at the mercy of the publishing schedule as to whether or not we were able to pull off a, an April Fool's prank, uh, simply because the paper we published was only a weekly. So if our publication date fell on April 1st, uh, that was when we actually had quite a bit of fun. In the 12 years, 12 plus years that I owned the newspaper, I only recall two times that our publication date fell on April 1st. And uh, the first time that happened, we had a series of fake news stories that uh, basically, uh, I seem to recall in that particular issue, what we did was we just put the uh, fake news on the front page and made the front page our April Fool's prank. And uh, that went over extremely well, uh, to the point where we had one story that indicated that the community we live in was uh, going to actually rename itself back to the original name that was used 150-some years ago. And boy, I'll tell you, did we get mileage out of that. And people were up in arms. They did not want the community to change its name. They were really making noise about that. And, you know, it was kind of funny to us in a way because we were pretty sure it was fake enough that people were not going to fall for it. You know, they, they would see the, the humor in it and realize it was April 1st. Uh, what helped was we had a picture of the mayor on the front page with a sign saying, Welcome to, and the old town's name on it. And he was totally up for doing this. And uh, he, he had actually helped me in previous years uh, pull off a couple of radio pranks. So I knew he was quite open to this kind of activity. And uh, we had a, a ton of fun doing this, but boy, did we get you know a lot of phone calls and <laughs> visits in our office about that. It was, I don't know if you called that a success or not. And then the last time we did an April Fool's issue in the paper that uh, I owned was uh, we did actually a series of stories throughout the paper. And they were really silly and obviously fake, but... I don't know, there must have been enough truth in them that people fell for them. Again, going back to the premise that if it's printed in the paper, it's got to be true, right? And boy, I'll tell you. And, and, and what we did was we even gave a byline to each of those prank stories to somebody called April P-H-U-E-L. Fuel. You know, April Fuel, right? And boy, I'll tell you still, you know, people just really reacted. <laughs> so I don't know if that was successful or not. Anyway, because of my experience with pranks, and in particular April Fool's pranks, I have a list here that I want to share with you. And hopefully, uh, if you are going to do any pranking sometime in April or any time in the future that I help you, you know, kind of 
stay on the straight and narrow and not screw up really, really seriously like I have in the past. So my list uh, at this point is uh, what makes a good prank. So uh, my number, oh, I've got these numbered wrong. Um, hmm. Let me just crack that right here right now. So uh, you'll notice real quickly I don't have a uh, soundproof studio. So here we go. I've fixed the numbers. Uh, my number five tip is keep it simple. And that's really simply because the more complicated the prank, uh, the more time it takes to set up, the more people you may need to try to incorporate in it, uh, the more permissions you may need to grant, you know, to have granted if you're doing something really elaborate. And, uh, you know, while those are really cool pranks, if they come off, the problem is that if something derails partway through, um, there's not a lot you could do to recover, so sometimes really complicated pranks are just, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of a waste of time. So you kind of sort of need to keep them simple and something that's, you know, disposable, if you will, something that's really quick and easy to do. My number four tip is uh, keep it appropriate. Uh, for example, if you're pranking someone who has no sense of humor whatsoever, probably a really good idea not to prank them. Uh, another example I could give you is last year I pulled a series of pranks in our church and they did not work. So that was a really good lesson for me. So keep them appropriate, and that's appropriate to the kind of person you're trying to prank, the place you're pranking, the people you're pranking, you know, the subject of the prank, you know, all those things. Keep those appropriate, and most definitely age-appropriate, too. If you're pranking kids, make it kid pranks, right? So, you know, keep it, keep it appropriate. There's no other way of putting it. Uh, my number three tip is keep it harmless. And, uh, again, uh, there was a prank I pulled where I had uh, faked a handwritten note that I put on somebody's vehicle that said, uh, you know, sorry, I just hit your vehicle in the parking lot. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, you know, I had to leave quickly, but here's my phone number. And I put a phone number that went to, oh, I forget where it went, but it, it wasn't anyone's phone number in particular. I think it was a phone number to a information service or something, just a generic phone number. Anyway, uh, I thought it was pretty funny, and uh, someone else with me thought it was pretty funny. Uh, problem was that uh, the person we pranked, we didn't realize, had just experienced a fender bender with their vehicle uh, you know, a couple of months before, and it was apparently very traumatic to that person. And so, although we thought this was a funny prank, all it did was it brought back those memories of this trauma, and it just, again, led balloon. So, you know, you got to keep your pranks harmless. And, you know, that also means don't prank something that uh, is going to end up uh, damaging something, uh, whether it's clothing, uh, property, anything like that. So, I mean, that's, that's not a prank now. That's, that's actually kind of vandalism. So you got to kind of really be, you know, very tuned into what kind of direction you're going with the prank. My number two tip is keep it friendly. And, uh, what I mean by that is whatever you do, whatever your prank is, if you think it might hurt somebody's feelings, that's a 
cue to you to not do it. Yeah, people's feelings you gotta really, really keep in mind when you're pulling off a prank. Uh, you definitely don't want to upset somebody and, you know, lose a friend or colleague or something. You know, some people are very sensitive to this stuff, so you really need to be able to read that. And like I said, if you end up hurting someone's feelings, it's no longer a prank. It's it's not fun. You don't want to do that. And my number one tip on uh, what makes a good prank is, uh, well, this goes back to my experience with the, uh, the radio and newspaper pranks we used to pull, and that is, um, these are real simple rules. Use some truth, okay? If there's if there's something that sounds, it sounds legible, okay? Uh, somehow factor in a sense of humor, so something funny, uh, and have fun. Right, you know, you gotta kind of have the fun aspect involved, right? Because it's it's a prank. It's not, you know, it's a gag. It's a joke. It's it's something that's to be, you know, supposed to be kind of fun, right? Um, now, if it doesn't fly, that's your signal to just drop it. Don't try something else to recover. It, no, just just drop it at that point. Okay, so that's really uh, pretty much all I have for you this time around. Uh, it was one of those things that I wanted to share. I didn't want to give you any ideas for April Fool's pranks because, like I said, uh, the the set I did last year did not succeed very well at all. Year before that, not so bad. I don't, I don't normally do a lot of April Fool's pranks, uh, but uh, when I was involved, like I said, in, in radio and newspaper, I did. Um, in our house... I could tell you, because tomorrow is April Fool's, I don't know that I'll be doing anything. I might, I might, I might pull a joke on Brenda, but she's pretty wise to me, so I don't know that I'll get away with pulling a prank with her. But that being said, um, our schedule is uh, going to take us out of town and out of the house, so chances are I might be exposed to some people where I might be able to pull something off. But um, again, if it's people I don't know and I don't know what kind of reactions I'll get, I'll certainly probably choose to play it safe. And uh, again, like I said, that's always a good rule to follow, is if you're not too sure about your audience, just play it safe. Uh, other than that, uh, have some fun if you prank people, and uh, hopefully these tips helped you out a lot. Again, I'm George, or G-Money, and this has been Ninja on the Loose. Until next week, have a great day.